Well, hi, everybody, and welcome once again to Old Tot Rock and Roll. I don't know if I've been waiting for this day or whether or not I never thought it would come, but we have just completed six full years of old-time rock and roll, and today we start our seventh. We're going to start this in a little different way. Um, I'm going to take you back to the end of or middle of November of 2006, and this is when I first went on the air, and the CEO of TalkShoe called me because he didn't understand how a guy with less than a month on the air could, without advertising, all of a sudden have a, I guess it was a 2,000% jump from zero in less than a month. So he called me up and wanted to do an interview. And just for old time's sake, I thought I'd like to bring that interview to you. So I promise you we'll get back to a lot of music. But take a listen. Let's go back to November 2006. Hey, this is Dave Nelson back with another episode of Talk Shoe Hosts Sharing Strategies. Uh, this is episode 14, and it's titled How Host Lee Douglas is Breaking Out. We're going to be talking to... Um, to Lee Douglas about how he's breaking out. He created a show eight weeks ago on TalkShoe called the Old Time Rock and Roll Show. And what's, what, what caught my interest in this was um, this is a completely new podcast. Lee was not bringing an existing audience, uh, yet um, the, the growth is phenomenal. And Lee, uh, I'll introduce you a little bit more, but do you mind as part of the setup if I just quote the statistics here from your show? We'll go right ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, normally we don't uh, um, publicize these. You know, the hosts always have direct access to them. Um, it looks like the um, the first week when you probably created an episode, uh, I don't know if you'd even recorded a show, but you were getting started. Uh, that was the very beginning of October. Uh, you had a grand total of zero downloads. <laughs> uh, the, the next week you had five downloads. Uh, followed by um, the next week, five downloads, and then the next week, 13 downloads. And, and this is very typical. These would be very typical numbers for a host that um, is uh, getting his or her show off the ground. But then the week of um, October 29th, you had 109 downloads, a pretty impressive jump, but uh, nothing compared to what happened the next week. Uh, the week of November 5th, you had 880 downloads, and then 1,350 downloads, 1,470 downloads, and here we are with a uh, week in progress, and you're already uh, above 1,470 this week, and the week is not over yet. So, um, you know, it was the impressive growth. So I thought it'd be fun today to focus on on two things, both your, um, you know, what is your show concept or format, obviously you have to produce a, an interesting and good quality show that when people listen to, they'll want to come back to, and clearly you've done that. And I also want to talk about how you've promoted it, because uh, you know, just building a better mousetrap, frankly, the world does not beat a path to your door. You've got to get out there and publicize and market, and so I'm, I'm very interested in what you're doing there. But Okay, all that said, Lee, just uh, to, to set this up, tell people a little bit about yourself, uh, the 30-second the bio, and then uh, give us an overview of the concept of the old-time rock and roll show. 
Okay. Well, basically, I've been in uh, in this kind of a business uh, at, on and off for most of my life. Uh, uh, I'm I'm a, a teacher. Uh, I have done radio. I've done television. Uh, so I'm uh, this. I'm no stranger to this. I've done a kids TV show in uh, Orlando for five years. Uh, did an hour long show. I've, I've done just about done everything. Um, the idea, basically, of old time rock and roll. You know, in most markets, there is an oldie station, and uh, we lost our oldie station about two years ago. And and just recently, they came up with a satellite feed of a, of a show uh, from New York, and. Uh, it's basically pre-programmed, and and there's something like oh I guess there's maybe 800 to 1,000 songs that they play and over again and over again and over again, and uh, I know from the from the few people that I have here that we list that we listen and we like certain music that uh, we're bored already with the the music that they play. So the first thing I say is you give people what they want. So I came up with this concept, but instead of doing let's let's give you an example. Uh, Elvis Presley. If, if you take Elvis Presley, everybody wants to do uh, Hound Dog and Don't Be Cruel because they're big, you know, s- songs and everybody loves them. Well, what I do is I go back and I say, and I say, let's get something, let's get some Elvis that people don't hear every day. So let me go back and find something, uh, not even that that is not one of his most requested songs that people remember them, but sometimes over the years you forget them. So the first thing I do is I, I give them what they want, but I give them what they can't find anywhere else. Oh, brilliant idea. And in fact, when I listened to your show, that was the, the thing that really struck me. I, there was a time in my life when I discovered all these uh, radio, and I, I might have listened for a year or two, but as you have so clearly highlighted, uh, they play such a, um, a, a narrow playlist that I long ago got completely sick of listening to oldies radio. And yet when I listened to your show, um, I actually had maybe never heard some of the songs and certainly had not heard most of them in, in the longest time. Well, another thing what I focus on is I, is I have a, a weekly focus uh, spotlight, something that, that you don't hear. And I do a lot of research. Uh, we did a show on Larry Williams, who's almost forgotten. Uh, great performer, great singer. And, and he's forgotten. Uh, of course, he did it himself uh, when he when he shot himself years ago. But I mean, the point is, is I go back and I research this. I do their life, find their first records. I find their uh, some of their good hits, some of their you know mediocre hits, and I play them. And, and then I have people, I guess, saying, "Well, gee, this is great. I, I love this idea." And and I I really spend an awful lot of time researching. I would say, oh. 7, 10, 12, 15 hours a week just sifting through uh, records and, and uh, different things that I want. To do, by the way, what is a, um, a one-hour um, interactive podcast. And, and by the way, for anyone who wants to go uh, listen to this show, because I think you're going you're gonna to find this is uh, such a compelling concept, uh, go find TalkCast ID 2668. It's the old-time rock and roll show by Lee Douglas. Actually, you can search on any of those words, but easiest way is just put 2668 right into the search box, and it'll jump you right to Lee's show. So that that sounds like a labor of love. I'm not aware of any other host who probably spends seven, eight times as much uh, uh, time researching as actually running their show. Well, but it's paying off, <laughs> you know, and that's the bottom line. 
I, I like the thought. Now, so that's that's clearly one of the things you do in terms of um, finding uh, very interesting, um, but maybe relatively less familiar oldies. Talk about the other um, part of the concept of your show. I, I think you outline it right up top where, in your show description where you, you say, hey, I'm playing 50s, 60s, and sometimes even little 70s music while sharing reminiscences of growing up in Brooklyn. I, I like that this isn't purely a music show. You provide a lot more information, background uh, about what's going on or your experience or the history of the music as you're doing this. Right. Uh, well, you know, I was very lucky. I was blessed. Uh, I grew up in New York City, and uh, and uh, the the main thing was is that I had the ability, because of my uh, closeness with a uh, with a disc jockey by the name of Alan Freed, uh, who was really the the father of rock and roll and term and coined the term rock and roll. Uh, I was able to meet a great deal of these uh, musical artists and and spend a lot of time talking to them and. and and being around them, and uh, it made it a little bit easier for me. And uh, yeah, if I have a little reminiscence of, of the guys, and uh, uh, I, I have that, and I always, as I said, I, I do research, and I, I do uh, have biographies of, of probably three or 400 different artists that I keep around in case I need them. Wow. Well, I, I must say that, that my reaction to your show, and, and again, I do not classify myself as an oldies um radio listener, as I said, like long ago got sick of it, but uh, when I when I first heard your show, which, by the way, I had never listened to until I saw the statistics on it, um, and it's like, wow, what's going on here? It, for me, it created a, a real sense of um, nostalgia. It was, it was fun to listen to, but it also, you do a very effective job of transporting people back in time, and that, to me, is the very compelling part about your formula. I appreciate that. Uh, a lot of it, honestly, is that I have always had a reverence for Alan Freed, and Alan Freed's whole concept of dealing was to be himself. He wasn't a phony, and he and he told it like it was, and he was uh, a very easily accessible person for a disc jockey. Interesting. So um, maybe if we could summarize here with respect to the show concept then, You've created something that is definitely uh, different than than what you can find, if you will, maybe anywhere in the world, but certainly <laughs> on mainstream media. Um, clearly, it is something that you have a, a, a love for, an expertise in, and a, a passion about. And so um, you've been able to translate that into the show that you produce so that the show itself is very compelling, even to perhaps a person who is not who would not classify themselves as a um, oldies radio listener. Right. How about the other half of it, though? Because one can produce a good product and um, you know can just sit on the shelf if it's not uh, properly marketed. Um, how are you uh, making people aware of the uh, you know of the show? How how are you getting the word out on this thing? Well, uh, I'll get to that in a minute. The one thing I do have to say that we we do also, and I think this is important for anybody, is that you have to do it weekly. People have to get into the habit of seeing that your show is going to be up every week at the same time. Uh, now, I've watched, I've looked at a lot of the uh, shows, and I noticed the first thing is is they got one show, and then they miss a couple of weeks, and they do another show. And that 
you know, one thing is people are creatures of habit, and you really have to, um, uh, you know, get you have to make sure that they're going to be there every single week, and they and and they have to know that you're going to be there every single week. Okay, so that's a that's a key point, and um, we've certainly seen that uh, at. Uh, you know, across the board on TalkShoe, that the, the shows that have appeared regularly on whatever that schedule was, um, you know, were much more successful than the ones that appear sporadically. By the way, I'm Dave Nelson. I'm the founder of TalkShoe, and I'm interviewing today Lee Douglas, who has created a, a show that is breaking out. It is, um, it's probably the fastest growing show that we've seen on TalkShoe that was completely brand new where there wasn't some existing audience. We've got shows that are larger than this and shows that have grown faster than this, but it was because there was a celebrity host that created something or somebody moved their, their podcast to, to talk shoe. Um, this, this one, Lee, is um, just for pure organic growth from ground zero, probably the, uh, the number one fastest we've seen in the six months that talk shoe has been on the air at this point in time. Now, as far as the uh, strategies, the first thing I did, you know, the, the one thing, and I think most people will agree, I hate forwards. And people spend uh, so much time forwarding these absolutely ridiculous jokes all across the Internet. And I hate that. So I noticed that all my friends, the, the that I that I do speak that they send me these ridiculous forwards. Not how are you? How are you doing? Uh, what's going on in your life? Just forward this joke, and they forward that joke. And I got bored with that, and I said, Well, you know what? I don't have an audience for this show, but I'm going to I'm going to make this to my benefit. So I, I I went and I clicked on reply to all senders, and I actually put uh, uh, an ad for old-time rock and roll, because I know these people are all about the same age as I am. So they might have that interest. So I just, and then I forwarded to them an ad, which I send out to everybody now that uh, that listens and that has uh, emailed me. I send this out. So I sent out this forward, and that evidently, and then the people took that, and they said, oh, this is interesting. It's about an oldie show. I like oldies, and I'm going to forward that. So just like with the jokes, I have finally used this, this listing, and I, I forwarded it to these people, and those people, I guess, forwarded it to other people, and uh, I started out with some audience. Excellent. And um, when you're forwarding, are you using um, exclusively um, email addresses of friends that you know, or did you actually do sort of a reply all on something that came into you? Whatever. You see, these people that are, that are uh, sending jokes, they send it to this person. This person sends it to this person. And I said, well, look, if they're going to irritate me, I'm going to irritate them back and uh, see if I can get some listeners out of this. Okay, so yeah. you're, you're making the viral nature of email into uh, a tool for, for uh, making people aware of your show. And it sounds like the other key point you hit on there was you already knew this wasn't a random group of emails. You knew these people were sort of your age and would probably have an interest in this sort of thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Lee, you want to comment? I'll certainly well, share my thoughts. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure that uh, it is even necessary to do three shows a week. I mean, I would start uh -huh. with one show a week and see how it goes. Uh, if right. You, you know, and honestly, you don't have to uh, make three shows. I mean, uh, you could do a half-hour show, or you could do an hour show, or you could do a two-hour show. I right. don't think it's, it's necessary to uh, 
to go through the, the whole thing of having different shows, you know, it, it, it doesn't make any difference because once it's it's recorded, uh, it's up there and you and people can listen to it anytime they want. And I think when you first create your talk cast, right, right. We we simply put a generic uh, image on the uh, talk cast page that is based on the category. And I'm looking at your show page right now, and you've moved well beyond that. Where did you get the the image that you use for this? Well, what I did is I, I, I bought a, a program called the Logo Creator, and uh, I just sit there and, you know, it, I, I, have, I, I have and do create their logos as well, so I decided to create a logo for myself, and I go through about 50 or 60 different uh, things until I finally find the one I like, and, uh, and I put it up. And I do believe that that difference, when you look down that list and you see everything the same, you stop when you come to one that's different. I, I think you're absolutely right. And you have picked a very nice logo that has, uh, you've used a very beautiful, um, maybe royal blue kind of color, and then a mix of uh, red, yellow, orange, uh, um, through a, um, a, a range of light to dark, and the show title built right into it. So uh, uh, I, I do agree with you. And by the way, these images, flow through onto iTunes as well in a 300 by 300 format. Uh, a lot of people don't pay attention to that, but uh, it's just as compelling when people are looking through iTunes to, to find a, um, an interesting image. And, and by the way, just statistically, Apple sells about 75% of the iPods out there. There's no single better source for people locating uh, your show than iTunes. Far more will find it there than maybe natively on uh, TalkShoe. So paying attention to this stuff you load into TalkShoe is important because description, keywords, images, and the like flow right through. Well, Lee, any uh, closing thoughts, advice? I mean, it sounds like you found something that uh, you have a real passion for. Um, I uh, started listening to your shows and very quickly I clicked the subscribe button so that I'll have all of them on my iPod as you uh, do them every week. It looks like you make them available on uh, Mondays uh, each week, so that's your regular schedule. Again, for people who are interested, it's TalkCast uh, 2668. Uh, but any closing thoughts for people? Well, I, I think it, well, like we've been saying, it is very important to, to give the people what they want and to just push it. And I'll tell you something. I have a goal. My goal is now, I know I'm, uh, I just looked at my stats, and I'm up around 1,800. My goal is 2,000. That is my goal. And, so, and I'm going to try by next week to do that. I don't know how, but I try and set a goal for myself, and then I go around trying to figure ways to reach that goal. I, I like the idea. I think you're going to have to pick your uh, your next goal very very quickly. I'll say one one last thing that uh, I think you're doing very well, and that is you are creating a very positive perception around your show. Now, I just happen to notice it and see the stats, and obviously most people don't get that. As the, you know, the CEO of TalkShow, I can take a look into the details of what's happening with the different shows, but I noticed during your show, by the way, I got to say, I'd never heard that version of either the stripper or tequila from your instrumental show recently. I enjoyed both of those thoroughly. But several times during the show, you said, 
you are listening to the fastest-growing oldies show on the Internet. I mean, I think that's an important part of this, too. You're communicating that this is something that is popular. You didn't totally make it up, by the way. I mean, that that really is uh, uh, borne out by the, um, the statistics on this stuff, but you're making sure that people know. So you're creating a perception of success around what you're doing. I think that's brilliant. Well, you know what else, though? I, I do cheat. I, I don't cheat at all. I'm telling the truth. I say the fastest-growing new oldie show on the Internet. I try and put the word new in because right, right, I'm right. not sure if we are. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I know as far as new shows, we have got it. And I, try and I try and make sure that I don't tell anything that isn't so because I don't need to. I'll get there. Yeah, well, on a percentage basis, um, going from uh, zero listeners to, uh, as you said, you're very quickly approaching uh, 2,000 a week. Um, you know, nobody can beat you from a percentage standpoint. So I suppose it all depends on how you define the uh, the metrics. Well, you're doing uh, a, a great job, Lee, and thanks very much. Well, here we are <laughs> six years later. And I tell you, uh, like we did at the beginning, I didn't know how and I don't know why, but we are still here, the champions of the cause of old-time rock and roll and keeping it in the forefront. Tonight's show is going to be laden, I love that word, with hits. We have the top song, my, well, it's got to be my favorite, because you know this is like my vanity show, of each of the Billboard 100 years, all right, from the beginning of rock and roll to 1975, this is my choice as the top song of the years between 1954 and 1975. And also, you'll kind of insert a few songs that I just love, and you know that means either Jerry Lee Lewis or the Rubettes, and we're going to do that too. But let's get started going back to 1954, and I'll tell you, I'm going to be going back and forth, so I'm not going to just go from beginning to end, but I'm going to kind of punch it around a little bit. So from 1954, here's Elvis Presley with his first recording that really hit the charts. I want you, I need you, I love you.
could live without romance Until you came to me things get us down. Now a new show is available on TalkShoe.com to help guide you in that direction. Join one of the Internet's premier psychics, Pamela Carter, in an hour of positive suggestions for bettering your life on travel the celestial highway. Pamela Carter, intuitive, empath, clairvoyant, and psychic, will share with you on her new podcast, Spiritual Discussions on Everything from Past Lives to How to Create a Better Loving Relationship. She can help you spiritually to be at your very best. Learn how to tell the sincerity of your special someone. She will also offer positive suggestions to help guide you along your path in life. She will teach you to make better choices by knowing your options and how to properly handle your opportunities and obstacles. Each week, Pamela will feature special guests, interesting conversations, and take calls from listeners for live readings. Starting Tuesday, August 7th at 9 p.m. and every Tuesday thereafter on Travel the Celestial Highway, it will definitely change your outlook on life. So mark your calendars. That's Travel the Celestial Highway on www.talkshoe.com. Call number 122-539. To call in, the number is 724 724- Four 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 seven four four four, or join her on Facebook at Travel the Celestial Highway. Let's go to the total opposite of the spectrum. Let's go to 1975, and another little Brooklyn Jewish kid like myself, who made a name for himself starting out by playing piano for Bette Midler, and dives all over New York City. He recorded this song, ended up the number 37 biggest song of the year according to the billboard charts my favorite of 1975 barry manilow could this be the magic
Baby, I love you. Come, come.
what a performance. And for that reason, the man is still, and we're about the same age, so he's still touring each year with a brand new show. Unbelievable. Barry Manilow. Wow. I wish I had his longevity and even more his talent. This record from 1974 was probably the fastest rising record in maybe 20 years or so. Maybe maybe 19. It uh, started out, and I know I felt the same way. I heard it on the radio. I nearly crashed the car. I was laughing so hard. In less than a month, this record had climbed to the number three song on the charts, ended up the number eight largest and most popular record of 1974. The guy has had hits before, but never like this. Here's Ray Stevens. And if you have never heard this, and I'm sure everybody has, oh, God, here is the streak. Hello, everyone. This is your Action News reporter with all the news that is news across the nation on the scene at the supermarket. There seems to have been some disturbance here. Pardon me, sir. Did you see what happened? Yeah, I did. I was standing over by the tomatoes, and here he come, running through the pole beans, through the fruits and vegetables, naked as a jaybird. And I hollered over to Ethel. I said, don't look, Ethel. And it's too late. She'd already been in the sink. Here he comes. Boogie-dee, boogie-dee. There he goes. Boogie-dee, boogie-dee. Oh, yes, they call him the street. Look at that, look at that. Fastest thing on two feet. Look at that, look at that. He's just as proud as he can be. His anatomy, he gonna give us a peek. Oh, yes, they call him the street. Look at that, look at that. He likes to show off his physique. Look at that, look at that. If there's an audience to be found, he'll be streaking it round. This is your Action News reporter once again, and we're here at the gas station. Pardon me, sir, did you see what happened? Yeah, they. I was just in here getting my car checked, and he disappeared out of the traffic. Come streaking around the grease right there. Didn't have nothing on but a smile. I looked in there, and Ethel was getting her cold drink. I hollered, don't look, Ethel! And it's too late. She'd already been mooned. Flashed her right there in front of the shop of so. Once again, your action news reporter in the booth at the gym covering the disturbance at the basketball playoff. Pardon me, sir, did you see what happened? Yeah, thief. Hey, Tom, I was just going down there to get Ethel a snow cone. Here he come, right out of the cheap seats, dribbling, right down the middle of the court. Didn't have on nothing but his head. Made a hook shot and got out through the concession stand. I hollered up at Ethel. I said, don't look, Ethel! It's too late. She'd already got a free shot. Grandstand. Right there in front of the home page. Who's that with it? Echo! 
Is that you, Echo? What do you think you're doing? You get your toes on. Now, this is the first time, I think, that they used recorded, pre-recorded laughter. And I'll be honest with you, if they had done that live, and I have seen him do it live, and that was many years later, but if they tried to record this for the first time live with a live audience, he would never have gotten through the song. Uh, unbelievable Ray Stevens from 1974. Now, in 1973, another guy from New York, totally different, down in Hell's Kitchen, which is a very unsavory uh, place to have been growing up, mostly Hispanic back in those days. This guy had records before. He had a hit in the early 1960s called Bless You. Uh, he appeared on the Alan Freed Show in 1959. And did just so much stuff. But in the 1970s, this man came alive. He went into the studio with a group of female musicians and did a song called Knock Three Times and Candida and so many others. But in 1973, this song, I don't know whether it was a salute to Gypsy Rose Lee or not, but it sure was a great one. Tony Orlando and Dawn, has anybody seen My Gypsy Rose, the number 28 biggest song of the year, 1973? We were very happy, well at least I thought we were. Can somebody tell me what's got him down? House, a home, a family, and a man that loves her so. Who'd believe she'd leave us to join the burlesque show? Oh, say, has anybody seen my sweet gypsy rose? Here's a picture when she was my sweet Mary Jo. Say goodbye to Gypsy and Romeo. 
You know, it's kind of odd how sometimes a song will resonate within you and it becomes just every time you hear it, you get the chills and other people who would make you throw up. It's very difficult. And I have a couple of those tonight, which I just love. Maybe it was the time of my life. Maybe it was the fact that I needed something to make me more cheerful. I don't know. But sometimes uh, when you're going through a day and boy, were there days and nights and long days and nights and weeks when you go to work, as you people know, really not wanting to. You need something to wake you up in the morning. This was the song that somehow came on every morning back in 1972 when I was still living in New York City and trying to make it. Going back to school, trying to get a job, the whole works. And this one just woke me up every morning. And I don't know why I <laughs> I uh, liked this, but I did. I, I couldn't relate it to anybody, but I really just love this song. It turned out to be the number fourth largest song of the year. Harry Nilsson, Can't Live If Living Is Without You. No, I can't forget this evening Or your face as you were leaving But I guess that's just the way the story goes You always smile, but in your eyes Your sorrow shows Yes, it shows I can't forget tomorrow When I think of all my sorrow And I had you there But then I let you go And now it's only fair That I should let you know
All right, Harry Nelson from 1972. I, I do want to say something. It has been, if you ever went to my website, it really has not been updated or anything. That's what you get. You get what you pay for in this world. And I didn't pay anything. But uh got a brand new website, all revamped and redone. And I hope you will go to it, www.oldtimernr.com. Same as the old one. Uh, it is totally revamped. It will be updated weekly or as much as we can. Brand new pictures, brand new videos, uh, all the latest things plus all the things you liked about the original one. So I would like you, if you please, to visit it at least once in a while. We've got a, a, every way to get our show and some brand new stuff that I know you're going to enjoy. So please, Listen in, go go to it, do whatever you want. You can go to our shows from there. You can skip right to it. You don't have to go anywhere else. There's links to the iTunes, Old Time Rock and Roll archives, and just talk shoes and everybody else. So please go there. We're going to have the latest current events that are going on with Old Time Rock and Roll, the latest shows, anything in the area. You're going to find it right there. So please go visit the new old-time rock and roll. And if it's not up yet, and it should be because I'm working on it right now, I, I think it will be, and I think you will enjoy it. And you can also email me and tell me that. And while you're emailing me that, you can also email me about requests, dedications, vanity shows, uh, anything you'd like to talk about. I'll be very happy to talk with you. And I think that should do it. All right, let's go on. We're going to finish the 19... Uh, 70s now with uh, 1971 and from here on it's going to go the other way and so on uh, this young lady uh, when she first came on stage with her hairy jacket and <laughs> stringy hair who knew she was going to be the top diva of rock and roll she started recording on her own in 1971 she had this hit Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. Here is Cher. I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. My mama used to dance for the money they'd throw. Mama would do whatever he could. Preach your little gospel.
Three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. But it's that right, so join me home. Now, interesting with this is the amount of times that this record was played in my house. Uh, originally, I had a 78 Victrola. I didn't play anything else but 78 records. That record was played to death, and it had to be replaced. Then I got a, I guess, 78 and 45 Victrola, and... Uh, we ruined completely, played that one to death. And finally, I got the first Bill Haley in the Comets album, Rock Around the Clock. And that one survived till <laughs> the advent of the CD and the DVDs and all of that stuff. So a great, great amount of plays for Rock Around the Clock. And it was, the what I say, the defining moment of rock and roll. So that was Bill Haley in the comments. 
I want to take you now back to 1956. Bill Doggett and his combo. This song, this is the last time you're going to hear it this year because I've played it to death. And I promise you I wouldn't overplay any record. Here is Honky Tonk, parts of one and two, Bill Doggett. This was, by the way, the number 17 biggest song in 1956.
are you listening to Old Time Rock and Roll? This is our sixth anniversary special, and we appreciate you being here tonight. And now we're going to go way back to the other end of the spectrum. You know, I have to explain, as I've done so many times, that uh, since you are part of my family, the um, 1969 on, when I when I got married for the first time, it kind of uh, dulled my love for music. There was no time for that. There was too much other stuff going on. So eh, I, I kind of had had a blur at that time of music in the 70s and late, late 60s. But this song, once you hear it, you just don't forget it. It was the number 49th largest song in 1970 by Chicago. 25 or 6 to 4.
As I've said so many times, the years between 1954 and 1975, and even I'll go as far as 1980, there was still a large amount of variety in music. Today, it seems that the kids, and they have a right to, I guess, have taken over the buying of records. The adults don't buy music anymore, and if they do, there are those time life collections that they buy. They don't purchase music. And so their music has left the airwaves. And that is where we stand today. And that's why we're in the situation that we are in. And it's really hard for me because these gentlemen out there, and they're still producing music. You know, Dion is producing music. Uh, great stuff. And my God. They're all doing it. Uh, Little Anthony Imperial still do new stuff, current stuff on each show. They really do. There are so many of them out there that don't just rely on what's happening five, you know, 50 years ago or so. So it's, it's that way. But today, the music, there is no variety. You cannot have one song and then have a beautiful, um, song like love is blue might have been back in those days it just wouldn't be on the charts and nobody would play it and that's the problem but back in 1969 not only did you have the the uh, hard rock and the heavy metal beginning and all and still had people like frank sinatra on the charts and d martin on the charts and even elvis on the charts but you even had somebody, and this was one of those songs that they call syrupy, but still one of my best from 1969. Oh, when I first got married, I sure. <laughs> oh, well, here's Oliver from 1969 with a, a, a song that I just thought was absolutely great. But uh, I guess not everybody agreed with me, but it was still one of the top songs of the year. Oliver Good morning, Starshine.
1968, I had the hardest time coming up with a song. Not because I didn't find anything I liked, but too many. Because 1968 was a pivotal year. Uh, how do I describe that to you? Well, think about it. You had the Beatles, Hey Jude. You had Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay. You had uh, Simon and Garfunkel with Mrs. Robinson. Jeannie C. Riley, Harpy Valley, PTA, um, The Doors, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap had six songs on the top 100 in 1968. Uh, you know, I mean, come on, Sly and the Family Stones, uh, just so many, Diana Ross and the Supremes with one that I really liked, uh, <laughs> Love Child, just so much stuff. How do you decide? I mean, what we did is I threw out the bubblegum songs first. But then you have Mason Williams' Classical Gas, which is one of my favorite instrumentals of all time. So I really had a troublesome time picking a song. So I ended up picking two out of the ten that were on my list. So I'm going to play them for you now. Two totally different songs. This one not even by a recording artist, but by an actor. It has been played many times and sung many times by many different people. It is one of the most difficult pieces of music to sing. And people who sing this have to know what the heck they're doing. 
Here's Richard Harris. MacArthur Park. I 
No matter how many songs I picked, some of my favorites was going to go by the wayside. And one of those groups was the Turtles, Flo and Eddie. I could not even begin to tell you how much I enjoyed all of their music. I picked this one because it was one of their biggest hits. One I I considered one of their best, but by I guess when you're dealing with the top 100 and maybe they 
were at the bottom with that record. It was the number 80 biggest song of the year, according to Billboard. But to me, I just liked it. It had a certain something to it, as most of their music did. Here are the Turtles, Eleanor. must have been one of the dullest people on the face of the earth. I never did drugs, I never smoked cigarettes, and I never drank beer. Sounds like a bummer, doesn't it? But I just was born straight. Plain and simple. I just, I don't know, maybe it was my br upbringing. Uh, <laughs> I know my parents still had a hand, couple of hands full with me, but eh, you know how it is. So when it came to these days of unrest, I was not a happy camper. I didn't like protest songs, and I didn't like the druggies, and I even didn't like some of the stuff that the Beatles were, were pumping out. And I certainly didn't like this guy because I thought he projected bad things for kids. But uh, as time goes on, what do they say? Time heals all wounds and time wounds all heals. And he didn't last long. But when I came to think of it, it was probably the greatest piece of music of 1967. Here are the doors with Jim Morrison 
Light My Fire. You know that it would be untrue. You know that I would be a liar if I was to say to you, girl, we couldn't get much higher. Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. Try to set the night on fire. The time to hesitate is through. No time to wallow in the mire. Try now we can only lose, and our love become a funeral pyre. Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. Try to set the night on fire.
The time to hesitate is through No time to wallow in the mire Try now we can only lose And our love become a funeral pile Come on baby, light my fire Come on baby, light my fire Try to set the night on I'm sitting here going through the 1960s biggest hits, and I just happened to look at my Facebook page, and uh, I got a message from Ben Norden, who is a Facebook fan and a member of the group, and he says, uh, I guess he had just listened to my Lost in the 50s Tonight show, which was last week, and he writes, okay, I'm lost in the 50s now. Please leave me there. Okay, Ben, I guess you're not going to be happy with this part of the show because we've been going through the 70s and 60s. So I apologize, but I don't know. These songs are special to me just the same. So I hope you'll bear with us because some of these songs, remember, the 1950s don't end in 1960. So let's listen because this next one... Here's probably the only time that I actually have two songs from the same artist for two years in a row. And that's certainly just as hard, but here they are. Here from 1966, oh boy, and 1965, Johnny Rivers, Secret Agent Man from 1966, turned out to be the 78th largest song. And in 1965, Johnny Rivers, again, 58th largest song of the year, Seventh Son. There's a man who leads a life of danger. To everyone he meets, he stays a stranger. you find a pretty face can hide an evil mind 
about the seventh son in the whole round world. There is only one, and I'm a one. I'm a one. I'm a one. I'm a one. The one that called the seventh son. It will come to pass I can do things to you Make your heart feel glad Look in the sky Predict the rain Tell when a woman's got another man I'm the one Oh, I'm the one I'm the one, I'm the one The one that called the seventh son Words that will sound so sweet, they will even make your little heart skip a beat. Heal the sick, raise the dead, make the little girls talk out of their heads. I'm a one. Oh, I'm a one. I'm a one, I'm a one. I wanna call myself a son. Sweet, they will even make your little heart skip a beat. Heal a sick, raise a dead, and make the little girls talk out of their heads. I'm a one. Oh, I'm a one. I'm a one, I'm a one. My one and call a seven son. I know one time or other you guys are going to say to me, someone's going to complain and say, well, what happened? You didn't do any Beatles. Remember, these are my choices. Uh, as the best song of the year, in my opinion. I'm sure there are others. And I looked in 1965, and I found that out. In 1964, of course, there was no choice. 1964 was out and out the easiest song of the year, in my opinion. Again, it's one of the members of the British Invasion. To me, they were better than the Beatles, better than the Rolling Stones, and of course, nobody would agree with me. But I thought that this was a great piece of music, and it still is today. The Animals, House of the Rising Sun.
think the hardest thing that I can do is try and explain my criteria for which songs I pick, and it really has nothing to do with anything but feelings. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to play feelings right now, but uh, in 1963, there were so many great songs by so many great artists, and I missed a lot of artists because I can't. So I had to go with my gut. Which song did I really think I liked the best? Nothing to do with anybody else. Wouldn't even try to say it. But this one just hit me. From 1963, Nino Tempo, April Stevens, Deep Purple. Sleepy garden walls, in the stars. 
the night In the midst of a memory problem deciding whether I was going to cut this show into two parts or just do it in one big lump and I, I, I think I decided to do it in just one big lump <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I don't know anyway this at this time I've got to do what I do best and that's bring you songs that you may not have heard and I got to say that, and I'm still embarrassed. You know, I did this once before. I actually uh, went back, and as I was doing a show on Rockabilly, I came upon a guy named Eulen Duvall. And I really had never heard of the guy. And I looked back, and I saw how much he meant to Rockabilly and early rock and roll. And I said, you know, and I didn't know this guy. And I, I actually wrote him and apologized for not knowing him, and did a an interview with him. So I've actually reached out to the lead singer of the Rubettes. I have not heard back from him. But because I just feel I missed him, I really am, you know, I'm, I feel guilty. They were so good. I'm going to play something different. I'm not playing tonight, which I always do play with my buddy Holidays. I want to play two songs from the Rubettes. First one, I can do it. The next one, you're the reason why. Take a listen. I'm 
What's really interesting about the Rubettes is you never know who they're going to sound like. 
One time they may sound like the Beatles. Sometimes they might sound like the Beach Boys. Sometimes they sound like just a regular doo-wop group from the 1960s. You can't tell. That's why they're so great. But now we're going back to music. In 1962, this guy came on. This was probably his second or third hit. He had Okie Thinoki, which was his first. And then he had Tallahassee Lassie, which was his second. And then this one in 1962 came out number 28, largest selling and most popular song of the year. And if you grew up in the New York, New Jersey area, this was your song. Freddie Cannon. Palisades Park. In 1961, Charles Westover recorded this song, changed his name to Del Shannon, and became a musical legend. For the next 20 years, his music would affect popular culture and popular music. This song started it all for him, Runaway. She will stay 
got two songs to play for you from 1960. Another one of those things where you, you have to play your favorite, but also you have to recognize a true legend and a true song that will live forever. Now, to me, Ray Charles was always one of the greatest from the first time I heard him back in 1954. This song was originally written in 1930 and performed by a gentleman by the name of Hoagie Carmichael, who also penned the song Stardust. But when Ray Charles did this song, it brought a tear to my eye and everyone else's. From 1960, the genius Ray Charles, Georgia, on my mind. Georgia, Georgia, the whole day through, just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. Georgia, I said, a Georgia. Georgia, a song of you comes as sweet and clear as moonlight through the pines. Other arms reach out to me Other eyes smile tenderly Still in the peaceful dreams I see The road leads back to you I said, Georgia 
Georgia No peace I find Just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia on my mind The arms reach out to me Other eyes smile tenderly Still in peaceful dreams I see The road leads back to you Whoa Georgia, no peace, no peace I find, just an old sweet song, keeps Georgia on my mind, I say just an old sweet song, keeps This next song from 1960, I had to play because despite the beautiful voice, the incredible performance and talent of this gentleman, both the song and he are forgotten. I hate that. This song was the 27th largest selling record of 1960 and it is forgotten this man because of his unique talents paved the way for Barry Gordy to start up and be successful with a record company called Motown because he was so close to he was the producer and writer and of so many of Jackie Wilson songs and certainly a ranger and the money that Barry made off of these songs went into the formation of Motown records and yet Jackie is forgotten here's night <laughs> about you night each lovely night the only time I'm not without you once more I feel your kiss 
says once more I know what bliss is comes on my darling you're gone but you come back into my arms Once more, I know what bliss is. Comes back, my darling, you're gone, but you come back into my arms. In 1959, Ray Charles, while still on the Atlantic record label, recorded and wrote this song, which has become a standard for every performer, I think. I, I don't know of anybody that performs this kind of music that it has not played this. Elvis did it. Jerry Lee did it. Just about everybody has done what I say. Oh, 
of you know me, you know that if you listen to all the songs we've just played tonight, one thing is missing. A female. It's not that I didn't like the female artists of the time, the few that there were, a lot of groups. Uh, Connie Francis, of course, and Joanne Campbell, Brenda Lee, but somehow they weren't my top, top favorites. In 1958, the Ponytails recorded this song, and I got to tell you, I loved it then. I still love it now, and I never realized until much later how much this song did mean to me and why I can tell you right now, nobody is ever born too late.
So here we are. We are about to complete the circle. We have gone from 1954 to 1975. We've done every year except this one. And this one is the most difficult to do because it is the pivotal year that made rock and roll a national, national sensation. Elvis, we had the, we had just about so many doo-wop groups. We had, I, I don't know how to describe it, but 57 was a year. You can, you could take Ricky Nelson. You could take the Everly Brothers. You could take Fats Domino, any of them and make just a whole show out of them. That was the greatness of 1957. But of all, of course, this one is mostly near and dear to my heart. It was his first recording. Well, I shouldn't say first was first real hit recording. He had done Crazy Arms just six months prior, but this one put him above Elvis. Jerry Lee Lewis. Whole lot of shaking going on.
So there you have it. My sixth anniversary show. I could play a million songs and stretch this out to two hours, three hours. <laughs> Who knows? Um, what can I say? You're going to ask me now, what have I got planned for year seven? And I got to be honest with you, hey, I just work here. I don't have a clue. Nobody has a clue. But I will tell you this much. I will be here until they roll me out. This is my passion. This is my life. And this is all I want to do. If you guys would like to help me, you are very welcome to. There are donation buttons all over my website. And remember, the new website is out. www.oldtimernr.com I don't know what's going to happen next. Am I going to get on radio? I doubt it. Am I going to get a larger distribution? Sure. What I want to do is please you. And I hope I have tonight. What else can I say? For everybody here at Old Time Rock and Roll, this is Lee Douglas. Closing out six years. That is a wrap.